Yeah, so moving into the Big Ten a little bit is overall, from top to bottom, do you think the Big Ten will be stronger this year or weaker? Top to bottom, I think it'd be weaker. I think it'd be weaker okay. just because I think the um, I think the top teams will be dominant. I think um, I agree. I think Purdue, I think Michigan State, I think they'd be two of the best teams in the country, and I think it will show. I don't think, um, and this is very bold predictions, but I don't see games where you see the bottom of the Big Ten really sticking in the game with Purdue and Michigan State. I think those two teams have a chance to run through the league, compete with each other, who's going to win the Big Ten. I think the second tier of Big Ten teams is really strong. When I think of Maryland, I think of Ohio State, I think of, I think of that group in the middle there. I think that's going to be really strong there. As far as a, a couple of teams, I could see going to second round of a, in March, get to a Sweet Sixteen, and then the bottom of the league. I think it'd be tough. I think because of the top of the league, I just think it'd be tough for those teams to steal good wins. Whereas though, I don't know if you will see, a, for example teams just strolling into Wisconsin this year and going out with wins. I think that'll be a tough place to win. I think Wisconsin is a team where they're not going to be highly regarded coming into the year, but you got Tyler Wall, Chucky Hepburn, Stephen Crow. I think Asijan's taking the big step. You got Klesman with the second year. And I think this is one of Wisconsin's more athletic teams and deeper teams on the bench. So I think you got about Five to six teams in the Big Ten that can really, really make a comp- make a conversation for March, and then from there on, it's kind of, I think it's a down year for the league. Okay, right. and, and the reason I say I agree with that is, um, I, I last year when I looked at the teams, I, I saw a lot of good teams. Like before the season, I saw a lot of good teams, but I didn't see the upper echelon being anything special. Right. I didn't see no one saw Purdue doing what they were going to do, but right. really outside of Purdue, you didn't have another team that was really could make a realistic run deep into the tournament. Maybe Penn State. They were playing really well. Maybe Penn State. But, uh, yeah, this upcoming year, you said it with Purdue. They return everybody. They add a little athleticism uh, with the freshmen, a little defense with the transfer. Uh, Michigan State returns everyone in, plug in Hall into the starting lineup, and then the, the super talented freshman class. So I, I see both those two teams being top ten teams and – I, I think Wisconsin, a name that you didn't mention was A.J. Storr, and I think mm. he's exactly what Wisconsin was missing. They they just yeah. personnel-wise last year, one, the depth wasn't there, but two, they didn't have the athleticism, and he brings yeah. that much-needed element of athleticism, can score from all three levels. And Wisconsin, before Wall got hurt, was number 14th in the country before Wall sprained his ankle. So, yeah, I think Wisconsin will be the third team, if I had to guess. And I think, I think that those three teams, in my opinion, are going to be pretty good. I, I look at Michigan State and Purdue, top 10, top 5 teams, Wisconsin, top 20, if I had to guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that the, the, the top echelon is going to be very good. And that leads right into my next question where do you think this is the year where the Big Ten could get someone to the Final Four? I, I think this is the year. I think, um, especially for Purdue, I think this is a really good chance for Purdue. I mean, and I say that knowing Zach could come back next year, which, I mean, it doesn't sound crazy because, I mean, you come back this year, if his dra- draft stock doesn't necessarily change throughout the season, why not come back one more year and collect a guarantee yeah. NIL check? So I think this is a year where they really have a chance. I think they have the mixture of everything. And I would not be surprised. I mean, 
It sounds crazy because I know they're going to go through Zach Eady. I know they're going to play through Zach Eady. But I would not be surprised if his his offensive numbers weren't as dominant as last year. Because this year I can see I can see Braden Smith getting to his pull up game more more and more because he's so much more comfortable coming off the ball screen to his right this year. It looked like this offseason when I would go to practice or you watch him overseas. Getting to his pull up is easy money now. So he's going to be more aggressive. You watch. Trey Kaufman Wren. I mean, I go, I was at practice in July and Zach was on the floor and Trey was the best player out there. Wow. I mean, and Zach is guarding him. He's getting to it. Paint is running more stuff for him, being able to get to his spot in the post up. He's making threes. He already played extremely hard. So then you just add that with the skill level. He's going to be an offensive option. Fletcher looks like he's going to be asked to do less. It was at times last year with Fletcher as a freshman, as a freshman guard, it was go get us a bucket. And I don't know if it's necessarily going to come down to that, whether it will be just calling plays for him, quick hitters and whatnot. And then you bring in Miles Colvin. His learning curve defensively will be interesting, but Lance Jones give him the, gives them an athletic guard that they did not have last season. Cam Heidi gives them more athleticism on the wing, Waddell. So I think this is a, and I didn't even mention first or Gillis, but I think this is a really good year for Purdue. I think if Purdue is going to make a run, I think it was this year's team. I think they're hungry. I think you lose a game like they lost last season. I mean, it goes without being said how hungry they have to be. And then yep. for Michigan, for Michigan State, I think this is just vintage Michigan State roster, vintage time is old. You have. AJ Hogarth, who's went through all the ups and downs of a Tom Izzo point guard. I mean, he looks like he's been through every mental battle, and this this may be the year that he takes off. He finished the year pretty strong, and it's only a matter of how fast he just shoots out the cannon. He just has to be consistent, not even just with his play, with, with his emotions. If AJ Hogarth is consistent, steady AJ Hogarth emotionally throughout the year, Michigan State's going to be cooking with gas because Tyson Walker's figured it out. Tyson Walker figured out what Coach Izzo wants from him. Just go give me a bucket. Just go score the ball, be comfortable. When that clock gets 12 seconds on, go get the ball and go get us one. And then Malik Hall having another year under his belt. It's always interesting to see how guys play after a year where to them or maybe to their fans that they struggle. And I, I look at a guy like Chucky Hepburn in this fashion too where you come in a season last year, all Big Ten, and you necessarily don't have the season you wanted to. I mean, even Chucky didn't have a bad year. Maybe he didn't have to hit the tough shots, the big shots down the line, but it didn't feel as comfortable as it as it did when he had those, when he had an NBA guard and then Brad Davidson around him, a fifth year senior. So I think you look at those two guys and they have a lot to prove this year. Then you look at Michigan State's freshman class and they're loaded. And I've um and I'm not just thinking off of the rankings, but I was able to do some stuff with the NIBC this past year. And I got to see those guys up close and personal. And um, Cohen Carr is probably one of the more athletic guys that's ever come through the Big Ten. I oh, mean, wow. he's going to he's gonna be, a, he's gonna be a force in the open floor. If he can figure it out half court wise, it's going to be a struggle to keep him off the floor because um, he can do, he can rebound well. He can defend a lot of different positions. He's going to probably be the best open floor player in the, in the conference as a freshman. And then Xavier Booker, he's raw, he's talented. He's just got to get a motor. And I think um, a, summer, a summer with Tom Izzo, if you don't come away with the motor, you just don't have one. And then I <laughs> yeah. think a guy that I'm really interested with, I think the key to Michigan State 
it comes down a lot of it comes down to fears. Jeremy Fears is that I mean Fears is a dog. And Fears played for Indy Heat, my old AU program, and he is going to be challenging for minutes every single day. He's not going to understand why he's not getting them. If he's getting 12 to 15 minutes a game, I don't know if he will be happy, but I'm not on their staff. It's going to be up. If they can keep him happy and keep him understanding that this is this the growth he the natural progression of what he has to go through. Or whatever, it's 18 minutes a game. I think that could be special because if, if you got fears coming off the bench as your backup point guard, as your first guard off the bench, with him attacking the ball, attacking other point guards, putting pressure on the defense, I think Michigan State, I think they have a chance to really do it. For them, uh, it's going to be about, like always, oh, you can say this about every team, but you know Tyson Walker can make shots, but who else on the team is going to make shots from deep? I mean, Aikens can make shots. But who else is going to knock it down from deep? And it's going to have to be more than those two guys. And Hauser was a guy that could really make shots at a high level and stretch the floor. They're mm-hmm. going to need that to go along with athleticism. So if 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 I if you had to predict it, if you had to predict if the Big Ten is going to get one of these teams, whether it's Michigan State, Purdue, to the Final Four, do you think the Big Ten is going to have a team in the Final Four? Yeah, I think this would be the year. I think. Um, I think that I would not be surprised if it was two. I would not be surprised if it was Michigan State and Purdue in the Final Four. I think um, Michigan State has the guard play to do it. I mean, they're going to have one of the best backcourts, not just in the Big Ten, but across the country. You look at their three guards. And then with Big T- with Purdue, Zach E's always going to give you a chance. And with Purdue, people are going to talk about you losing to a 16 seed or whatnot, but in Maybe it didn't look like Purdue went out and got a bunch, but they went out and got exactly what they needed. You get, yes. like I said, you get Miles Colvin, the athletic wing that they need. Because sometimes, I mean, too many times last season, it was either throw the ball into Zach Eady or kick out three. There was never really pressure on the rim outside of Zach Eady or consistent pressure on the rim outside of a post-up or outside of an offensive rebound. And now I think you get those – Kickouts from Zach Eady or those one passes. You got Cam Heidi attacking off of closeouts. You got Colvin attacking off of closeouts. And then defensively, Miles Jones gives gives them something that they haven't had in a point guard since John Octius. A point guard that can guard all three guard positions, that doesn't necessarily have to play on the ball, that doesn't need the ball. I think um I think they went out and got what they needed. Sure. And let's not forget. In 2017-2018, Virginia lost to UMBC, right? And then look right. happened in the next year. This could kind of be a similar story arc for Purdue. I know. I, th- I think I remember reading that Tony Bennett was talking to Matt Painter after that game and just giving him some advice. But uh, I could definitely see a similar story happening this year where Purdue is hungry. They, they feel, you know, they've been disrespected for the media because they won the Big Ten. They won the Big Ten tournament. They were a one seed. That's a fantastic season. And the fact that all that hard work, all the months of work gets kind of tarnished by that one bad 40 minutes, that's yeah. not going to sit right with a bunch of guys who are now a year older. Um, so I, I definitely think there might be a similar story arc upcoming for this next season. Uh, but my, my next question is, where does last year's Purdue team – rank among the best Purdue teams that Matt Painter has had. Mm. Man. I have my answer. I would say 
last year's team. I would say they probably ranked third. I would third. probably say I would probably go. Um, are we talking for a duration of a season or who I would? I'm just saying the best it? team, like at their peak, yeah, the, I would the peak say, of I would, them. Who's the best? Not the greatest, but the, the best. I would say the best team Payne has had will be um, the 2010 team before Robbie got hurt the first time. 100%. That was probably the best team. And then probably the second best team is probably before Robbie got hurt the second time. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and that's a different team because you have Lou Jack on that team with a bigger role. You um, That's a completely different team than it was a year with Kramer and Keaton Grant. But then also yeah. I will go to, um, I'll look at the team with, um, Biggie's year was really good, but I, I think that the team after that was better. I think, um, what was that, the 18 team? With, um, 17, Benson, 18, Benson yeah. those, When Benson those guys were seniors, I think if they don't, um, if their locker room doesn't fall apart towards the end of the year, I mean, because I think they went on a 17, 18 game win streak, and then they lost three games in a row and lost the Big Ten. Like, they were going, they were, they were going to win. They, I remember I was watching. They were going to win the Big Ten. They were cruising. And they should have been – they would have been ranked number one. All they had to do was win their next game. And the next, you know, they lose three in a row or three out of four or something like that. And then I think they lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. And I think they just – then Isaac gets hurt in the tournament. Yeah. And it just – I think they just fell apart at the end. But I would say those two groups would be probably the best ones because they had – um. They had everything you needed. They, uh, I mean, you look at the 2010 team. You had Etwan; he can go and get you a bucket no matter where you wanted it from. JJ was a consistent 20 and 10 guy. I mean, Robbie was. I mean, Robbie was their third best player. He's all American, so I think that team. And I was in high school during that era too, so that was just um, that was special in my heart. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and that's why we need Matt Painter to make the final four. That's why we need Painter to make a run. Yeah. I want it really bad for him. Cause like you said, I don't know him. You obviously know him well, but he seems like a great guy. Like, like you're saying, he seems like a great guy and, and kind of similar to Bo Ryan, right? It took Bo a minute to get to the final four and he made back to back and solidified his legacy. But I, I think that, yeah, I really hope this is the year Painter makes a final four. Cause I don't think anybody has worse luck where he had the special teams in 1718 and 09, 2010 and yeah to, to have the injuries kind of wipe that out i i really want to see painter make a, a run at the final four so uh no 100 percent. and i mean even the think about the team that went to the elite eight i didn't even mention them so he's when he has a talent he does well with them and i think something that i really respect about paint and even in this nil and this new landscape the transfer portal is that he's going to do it the right way he's not going to cheat and uh um, yep. for him to him to understand that there's been and for me there's been guys that have cheated, that have gotten there, that have won national championships, gotten the final fours, and Payne's not going to go out that way. Payne's not Payne's going to do it the right way, and uh, it's respectable. And that's another reason why you love to play for him, you love to be around him, you love for him to just be an advocate for you. Because when you have somebody that's doing it at the highest level and they're doing it the right way, and he would tell us, I mean, he would tell us, I'd rather lose my way than lose and cheat or lose your way or win and cheat. He just uh, he goes about it the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's got to feel a lot better to have success doing it that way. I mean, you, you, you know, you get the, you get the, the, the props, the fame, but it, deep down, they can't feel as good when you, when you, when you are cheating, but uh, yeah. So uh, just a few more questions for you before I let you go. Um, 
One is, uh, I just want to get your thoughts on this as a guy who's played in the Big Ten recently is, you know, there's a theory that the Big Ten is one of the reasons why they struggle in the tournament is they play too physical in the regular season and they have a, they beat each other up, they wear, teams wear down and then come tournament time, uh, they have a tough time adjusting to, say, a West Coast whistle. Uh, do you think there's any validity in the, the theory that the Big Ten is too physical and it hurts them come tournament time? Nah, I mean, I don't think it's too physical. I mean, you you hit people in basketball. When the ball goes up, you either hit or you be hit. It doesn't matter who you play. Because, I mean, it's not like the Big Ten in these preseason tournaments, they just run through all the other all run through all the other conferences or whatnot. So I don't know. I don't see that. I don't think that's a, a reason. I think if it was anything, it would be the style of play. I mean, the Big Ten isn't the most athletic league in the country. Um, the Big Ten – hasn't always had the best guards in the country. And I think in a tournament, I've always said you need really strong point guard play. You need NBA-level wing play. And I think the Big Ten hasn't necessarily had that. You look at the teams that went deep in the tournament, went to a Final Four from the Big Ten. I can think about the – from the years I played, we had a team in the Final Four, I want to say, every year. I think you look at Michigan my freshman year with Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway and those dudes. I mean, Trey Burke is an NBA player – Hardaway's NBA player, Karis LeVert, Glenn Robinson, Nick Stauskas, all NBA guards. You look at that next year, I think that following year was when uh, Wisconsin made it the first time. And you have really strong point guard play. I mean, one of the better point guards to come through the program. Um, Ohio State had a good run that year. And that was the year they had Deshaun and Deshaun Thomas, a guy, all America, put the ball in the basket, NBA guy. My junior year was. With Michigan Denzel State, Valentine, Denzel Valentine was the player of the year the following year. Travis Trice was really good that year. Then you like you had, you had Wisconsin NBA guys, so you need you just need you need that talent. And I'm not saying you need it every year. I'm not saying there's going to be teams that make it without it. But I think you look at UConn, that NBA talent, and even their big it wasn't a drafted guys all American. And I think sometimes in the big 10, when you're your best teams, they don't have those type of wings. They struggle yeah. in March. Look at Purdue, two freshman guards. They didn't necessarily have an athletic wing on a roster and they struggled against athletic teams. And I think um, you look across the league, there hasn't, there hasn't necessarily been those teams recently. And when there has been, they've had success. Like you look at Michigan and Jordan Poole and those dudes, Michigan state would have made a final four that year at the tournament wasn't canceled maybe so i just think it comes down to guard play and whatnot sure and uh do you think there's anyone in the big 10 that can give zach Eady a run for his money for big 10 player of the year oh i mean yeah i could see i could see tyson walker going after it i mean he'd go out there and put up big numbers and michigan state is winning i could see that happening but i, I would i mean i would say it's zach's to lose I mean, maybe if his usage rate offensively isn't high, as high, I could easily see him winning defensive player of the year, no question. But I think it's his award to lose. If I was to get, if I was to pick a, a second and a third person, I would go um, Tyson Walker, and then I would go my guy Boo Booey. I think if Northwestern wants to have any type of success that they they had last season, I think Boo is going to have to go on just to tear this season. I think he's a guy that can do it. So I think those three guys will be the three guys I look at. Sure. And uh, do you think Northwestern can follow up on what they did last year after losing uh, Deej? But uh, they do bring in uh, 
I believe it's Lane Borg from uh, Princeton who can kind of fill in a little bit. But do you think Northwestern can have a repeat performance? It'd be tough. Like you said, it'd be – and I don't – it'd be tough because all these was not was, – was special defensively. And sometimes when you struggle offensively in games, like you saw Northwestern did at times, when you have a guy that can take their best – the opposing team's best player out of the game, it gives you a chance. Because I can remember games where – I struggled defense offensively, but I knew if I just locked him up, their team would struggle offensively too. Yeah. So they're going to lose a lot with him, but I think the growth of Barnheiser will be key. He started to fall out towards the end of the season. So I think Barnheiser and Boo Booey, that's a good, that's a good tandem. You got the transfer in from Princeton. I think he makes shots at a high level. I think they're going to have to find a way for Nicholson to score the ball. I mean, maybe throw the ball to him, maybe have one move in the post. But if they don't have any um, – and that's something also that Audij, when he was playing well offensively, he drove the basketball and put pressure on the rim. If they're not getting any pressure on the rim on the back line defense, it's going to struggle because the ball is going to be in Boo Booey's head. It's going to make all the decisions. Sure. But if Barnheiser takes the necessary step in his sophomore season and they can get Nicholson to be – maybe even just a lob threat off of a ball screen, I think they can have a chance just off of the momentum that they've already built. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking uh, when I asked that question that maybe you could see a little bit of uh, yourself and Chase Audige with perhaps a little bit more uh, offensive responsibility, uh, a, few, a few less weapons around him. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that fair in saying that? Do you see a little similarities to yourself? Yeah, for sure. Defensively, for sure. For, for Chase – I would say more of like my junior year offensively where it was just kind of – we just was out there hooping. Uh, but defensively for sure, like especially Caleb McConnell from Rutgers, is that you just go out there and you just play hard. You just play hard. You just guard guard your butt off. And the goal is always – no matter how many points they score against you, is to make their shot total and their points, make them similar. I remember – if James Blackman was going to get 19 points, I want him to take 18 shots to get it. And if that happened, I like won that. that matchup. So those are always little things how I went about it. Because like I said, if they take the if they take a lot of shots and they're inefficient, they're shooting their team out of the game. But if they hit me for if they hit me for 20 points on eight shots and they got to the free throw line seven, eight times, and they got my big man in foul trouble. I lose that matchup even if I win that game. You know what I mean? So defensively, it's always a, a personal one-on-one -on -one game, especially when you're guarding guys that you know are really high level that affect winning or losing. But Chase Audige, Caleb McConnell, Tyson Walker, I mean, even like Jameer Young, those guys that really take pride defensively, even Chucky Hepburn, they, and you, can, you can see times where Coach Guard is telling Chucky to back up a little bit, go play our type of defense. So – Guys that take pride defensively, it always um, it always gives gives me a little bit of edge and a little bit of appreciation for them. Sure, and uh, um, this will be my last question before I rapid fire round: Is who's your sleeper team of the Big Ten for this upcoming year? Mm. Sleeper team, sleeper team to win it, or just surprise people? Just surprise people. Hmm. Crazy. That's a good one. I think Rutgers will surprise some people. I think Rutgers will surprise people. I know they lost a bunch, and they lost Paul, and the way they lost Paul, they lost Cam Spencer. 
But I think Derek, I think Rutgers will be more athletic this season. I think they'll be a lot faster. I think they'll score more points. And I think they'll play the same style defense. And I know that they lost a lot of leadership and they bring it in a bunch. But I think with Big Cliff, I think with Derek Simpson, and one player I think is going to take a big jump is Andre Hyatt. I think if Andre Hyatt can be a consistent double-figure scorer, I like Rutgers just because I like their I like their defensive makeup. I like I just drove blank. I like anyway. I like their defensive makeup. I like what they bring on that end. I like their core group of guys. But I think if Andre Hyatt, if he can step into that offensive role and kind of be at an all Big Ten level contributor, I think um, I think Rutgers. I'm not saying Rutgers will win the league, but I think that's a prize of hope. Sure. No. Rafael, I appreciate your time here. We'll just do this last rapid fire, uh, rapid fire round, and I'll let you go. But yeah, a true big time expert. You are a true big time expert. Your name recall has been impressive here. Um, but yeah, I'll give you a, a bunch of questions. Just answer in a timely fashion. That sound all right? Mm-hmm. All right. First question is: Who has the best home court advantage in the Big Ten? Purdue. Outside of Purdue, Michigan State. Um, toughest individual matchup you've already faced. You actually already answered that. DJ Newville uh, was well, one no, of them. Tyler, Tyler Hawes. He was at BYU. Tyler Hawes? I just did Big Ten. Yeah, BYU, okay. Tyler Hawes, tw- the 2015 year. Oh, right, good deal. Toughest loss you had in college? Ooh. Little Rock, Arkansas. NCAA tournament, double overtime. Funniest teammate you had at Purdue? AJ Hammonds, not even close. Funniest person I've ever met in my life. Best teammate you've ever had? John Octius. If you were a betting man, does Purdue get another one seed heading to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, yeah. If I was if I had if I had a gun to my hand, I had to bet, yeah. Favorite individual team you've covered so far as an analyst? Hmm. Iowa. Chris Murray and Keegan Murray. Sure. Favorite it's, player yeah. growing up? Kobe Bryant. Dogs or cats? Dogs. <laughs> Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Favorite food? Ham, macaroni, cheese, sweet potatoes. Okay. Good deal. Just a few more here. Uh, favorite movie? Love and Basketball or Paid in Full. Favorite city you've ever visited? Fort Wayne, Indiana. Biggest pet peeve? My my son crying for no reason. <laughs> Favorite musical artist? Biggie. All right, that's all I got for you, Rafael. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to staying connected along the way. Uh, no, I appreciate you, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely.